Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm joined again by main event boxing shows, Jamie Albrecht. Jamie, thank you so much for coming in, stepping in. Johnston, where are you, man? What's going on? No, I'm only joking. I'm joking. Yeah, well, I'm joking. What's well, John, Johnston mentioned, did he? He said, we need Jamie back on because apparently Johnston's a miserable cunt, but <laughs> I'm ten times worse. So I don't, know what, I don't know what you're expecting tonight, but I ain't going to be Mr. Happy. I'll tell you that. Well, there's a lot of talking points from this weekend just gone. Obviously, we've got a few fights to cover off. Talking about Naoa Nui and Paul Butler. We're talking about Tiafimo Lopez, Sandor Martin. We're talking mm-hmm. about Terence Crawford, David Avenincian. Talking about Josh Warrington, Luis Alberto Lopez. So there's quite a few significant fights over the weekend that have happened that we can certainly dissect and talk about. And then last night on social media, Conor Ben puts a... A statement out, a very wafty statement, which we'll talk about as well in this episode. So quite a lot to go over, really, and, and talking points for each fight and, and each moment that's happened. So I suppose while it's fresh in my mind, I know you haven't had the chance to catch up on the actual fight, Jamie, but I wanted to just mention the fact that Naoa Nui beat Paul Butler today as we're recording this. Earlier on today, Naoa Nui took him 11 rounds, I must say, to, to beat Paul Butler, but... To be fair to Butler, he he did go into survival mode a lot throughout the course of the fight. And Mm. I'll be be honest, Jamie, because I know you've not seen it. Like, I thought he'd be knocked out within two rounds. That was my prediction in the prediction league that I'm in with a few of the guys at ESPR Boxing. You know, I was very surprised that he didn't take him out. I mean, he found his range pretty quick anyway. But Paul Butler did what? he needed to do really to keep himself in there for 11 rounds but eventually yeah. it, was a sh- it was a shot to the body that, that finished the fight off in the 11th round and I think there was a lot of boxes on social media 
talking about Paul Butler's performance. Sonny Edwards never wanted to shy away from controversy on social media. He basically said, what was the point of Paul Butler talk turning up for that fight when he was just in survival mode? It's an undisputed title fight. Why did you not go out on your shield? Why did you not give it your all? So there's quite there were quite a few boxers, Jamie, that were doing that on, on social media about Paul Butler's performance. Yeah. So I know you've not seen it, but in terms of... of like Inoue now, he, he wants to move forward. There are fights to talk about there, but have you got any sort of thoughts on the fact that people are talking about Paul Butler's performance and obviously Inoue going forward? Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, Sonny Edwards isn't one to shy away from controversy. Um, I will sort of start this by saying I think Sonny Edwards is the best best world champion. Well, he's the only world champion now, and he we've got in this country, male. So apart, um, from, so apart from Tyson Fury, of course. Oh, apart from Fury, yeah. Well, why did I forget Fury? How can you forget Fury? <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's well. I think he's the best talent we've got in this country, you know, with or without a belt. Um, so you know, he is qualified to sort of make a statement. But I do want to. Um, I've not seen the fight. I'll have to catch it tomorrow. But I will stick up for Paul Butler uh, to have the balls to go over to Japan against the guy that you know the the nickname is incredibly apt, isn't it? His nickname's Monster. Um, to go in there against a man who can cut off the ring, who can just dominate you very, very quickly. And I made the comment to you yesterday, didn't I, Sean? We was having a bit of back and forth on WhatsApp. And you said to mention about about the fight, you know, mention the fight was happening today. And I said, that won't be a very long segment. Well, it'll be just a fucking round and it's done. Um, so even if he was, even if he was as the, uh, you know, as the casuals, as everyone likes to say, running, um, it takes a lot of energy to run, particularly when a guy's hunting you down the way anyway can. So uh, without seeing the fight, I just want to praise Butler for managing to stay in there for 10 rounds longer than I thought he would do. Um, but Anuay's career trajectory, you know, has got to move up. And I think, like Canelo, really, just test yourself at higher weights until you can't go any further. And, you know, the loss to Bivol with... Canelo, sort of respectively, that hasn't really done Canelo any uh, any damage to his reputation, has it? Because you know you go up to a higher weight, and everyone sort of respects the fact you're moving up. So I think that's what he needs to do: go up, take on Stephen Fulton, and see whether he can dominate in the weight class because he's undisputed now. Yeah, I think for Anuay, it's it's the logical thing to do, Jamie. It is to move up, fight the fights that we want to see him fight and see whether he can do something like what Usyk has done, obviously, in, in the cruiserweight division moving up to heavyweight. You know, I think he's capable of it, Anuay. I think he's he's certainly got the, the, the speed, the footwork, the accuracy. The punch power is, you know, incredibly raw punch power. Can he carry that up? Chances are he'll carry that up with him with a little bit of extra weight. Will he lose a little bit of speed? quite possibly, but he's not looking to jump up two or three weights. He's look, looking to jump up just the one weight. He's looking to move up to Super Bantam. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to be too much of a detriment for him, even though he has come from light flyweight. I do think he can be successful in Super Bantam weight, and I do think there are some good fights for him going forward. I think the, the, the general consensus, though, Jamie, was that it was going to be like a really early stoppage and many of us thought that and you know we both had that conversation yesterday I predicted one to two rounds I was very surprised that pleasantly surprised to be honest that he he managed to go 11 and you know I've got to give him credit like you say for going over taking the opportunity to do it as a champion as well you know he was the WBO Mm -hmm. champion going into it and there were moments where he did try in the fight 
and I will give him credit for that, and I will give him credit for trying to do what he could do in the fight. So when you mm. get criticism of a fellow professional, sometimes it can be warranted, sometimes it can be uncalled for, sometimes it can be unwarranted. For me, I just think it was a very difficult fight for him. He could do all he could do within that ring earlier today, and, and I've got to just say, at least he's tried. He could have gone, do you know yeah. what? I, I'm not taking this fight. I'm not going to bother. But why would you not take the fight to potentially become an undisputed champion? Why would you not want to test yourself against the best? Exactly. Exactly. He's winning He's winning by getting in there. And, you know, I've heard a couple of outlets mention it. And, you know, I would I'd sort of echo the sentiment. But, you know, Anuwe, if if Butler was going to beat Anuwe, it was up there with sort of Hunnigan and, you know, Hunnigan beating Don Curry. It was up there with Buster Douglas beating Tyson. And maybe you think I'm being sensationalist there, Sean, but I would certainly agree with that. So the fact that he's even in the ring with a geezer and he is staying clear because, I mean, I'm in a wheelchair, so don't talk to me about footwork. I know fuck all about it. But I can imagine it's quite difficult staying out of range, uh, as I say, when someone's trying to hunt you down. And for do that to 11 rounds. And, and you can imagine as well the amount of nervous energy he must be burning. Because he's like, shit, 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 he's coming for me. He would have seen how he's destroyed people like Jamie McDonald, for example, a, few, a couple of years ago. Very, very capable pros. And he's like, he's coming for me. He's out of his natural uh, weight, really, as well, isn't he? Um, Butler, you know, he's not, he, he won't be a natural sort of bantam. Um, so, do you know what I mean? He, he is, he's, he's being chased down by a killer. He deserves a lot more credit. Yeah, he does. He does deserve the credit. Uh, I think there's not too much more to really dissect over this. I think it's pretty evident people are talking about it. People kind of knew where it was going to go, this fight. So there's not really too much to kind of go forward with, with this particular fight. But I wanted to bring it up first and foremost on the show because it's just so fresh because obviously I've watched it earlier today prior to recording this episode with you and I felt like, you know, maybe let's get this elephant out of the room first, talk about this one first and then move on to some of the fights from over the weekend and take your pick, Jamie. Which one of them do you want to talk about first? Well, I think we should go into a bit of a crescendo. Um, so we'll start off with me being nice and calm. And then we'll get the, you know, I know I mentioned it before, but I always like to get a plug for uh, my show with Barks and Bobby in. Uh, we'll go into main event boxing show, Jamie, towards the end. So we'll talk about Josh Warrington towards the end and you'll see me do a full fucking, you know, <laughs> hellboy. I'll start talking about what's wrong with that and what's wrong with boxing and everything like that. So you pick first and then we'll... Or descend into madness with Josh Warrington. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, Crawford Evanincian then. A pretty straightforward fight to talk about, I think, would be would be decent because, again, it was a fight where people were expecting Crawford to show his brilliance. I thought Evanincian would cause more problems than what he did, and he didn't. And the way which the fight finished was emphatic, and Crawford just again solidified his place at that top end of the pound for pound list. And I don't have him at the very top of that list. This was a conversation we was also having off the air last night when we were talking about pound for pound, weren't we? I was saying Usyk number one, Crawford number two, Inoue number three. I still stick with that three at the moment, even though the results that have happened over the past couple of days, that is still my top three as it stands at the moment, but I don't think it'll be too long before any one of them other two could take over Usyk at the top. So, for me, Terence... 
well, Terence Crawford's performance I thought was really good. I was, I was, I wasn't surprised by the way he adapted in the fight. I wasn't surprised at all. I just felt like maybe Avanincian would provide more of a problem than what he did. But then again, is that just putting credit towards Terence Crawford's performance because of how good he is at adapting in the fight and changing things up in the fight to suit the person that's in the opposite corner that is coming to the centre of the ring to meet him. It feels like that's what he's really, really good at. Like, it's one of his strongest points. And that's why... You know, at the moment, if I was to see him fight an Errol Spence, I'd have I'd have to favour Crawford in that fight. I would because I, I think he's, he, he he's got the ability to, to adapt, and I don't think we've I don't think Errol Spence has had that defining fight himself yet. And I think that's why that fight is needed so badly in the welterweight division. Is we need to know before they get too old, you know very much like a Khan and a Brook situation in the UK, who is the best mm-hmm. welterweight at the moment? And and at the moment, even though he wasn't naturally a welterweight, I'd put Crawford ahead of, of Spence Jr. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, but I think I think that fight is further away than ever after after the past week because Errol Spence is clearly trying to retrain uh, for a different career as a rally driver. He's had another crash. Uh, it wasn't his fault this time. It was a 14-year-old. So, I mean, I think he walked away unscathed. But, you know, there's there's always something going on in, in Spence's personal life, um, whether, it's, whether it's details with money, finances, and being part of the sort of PBC lot. Um, you know, I think that puts the blockers on a lot of on a lot of stuff as well because they're very secretive. And it's, it's sort of like that um, we keep everything under this roof model that I was alluding to on the last Shooting the Breeze show that I did with you. Um, while it's positive, I think it's blocking a lot of fights. Uh, but back to back to the Crawford fight with Avanesian. I don't think you're being critical of Avanesian uh, as such. Uh, I think what we're doing is actually giving credit to a very, very good, solid European-level uh, fighter. Uh, I thought he was going to do a bit better than he did because, you know, solid European level. We've seen him take out a few very well, decent fighters over on these shores. Josh Kelly being one of them, who's just won a British title at a higher weight. And uh, Avanesian beat him up, didn't he? You know? And then um, he fought Liam Taylor and absolutely walked for him. Liam Taylor was a very, very capable fighter um, at one point, sort of coming up. So, you know, we've, we've seen it. We've seen him dispatch people. And it's understandable that you think Avanesian was going to give it a... Well, he did give it a go. You know, he, he did try and fight fire with fire. But I'm like you, Sean with Terence Crawford. He he got I don't think he does ever, anything purely brilliant. I don't think he's got like a standout sort of um attribute where you think, oh God, this man's amazing, you know? He does everything very, very well. Um no in fact, I'll contradict myself again as I as I like to do. What he what he does do very, very well, what he does do brilliant is planting his feet. And it's like if you want to, if you want to sit in the pocket, if you want to exchange a bit of machine gun fire, I'm down for it. And you know, Avanesian is used to—he's not used to a wall standing in front of him, is he? He's used to backing people up, and uh, he's teeing off on them. I think he got a bit stuck, and I don't think his guard helps either. To be honest, he was that high, tight guard. Um, you know, I think it might take him longer to get his shots off because he's always sort of coming from that position and 
he's having to see where his opponent is because everything's so tight, you know. His field of vision might be obscured. Um and and when you're when you're moving forward against the fighter and they're going backwards and like, you know, being bombarded, you don't really have to worry too much. But the fact is he was hitting Terence Crawford and Crawford was going nowhere, he was firing back. And if you can't see what's coming at you, you're in big trouble. It was a good performance for me. I enjoyed the performance. Very good performance. I enjoyed the knockout. The knockout was... Uh, I didn't expect it. I'll be honest. I didn't expect it. Uh, the sort of one-punch effect knockout. I thought maybe it would be an accumulation of punches that would prompt the referee to step in. That's kind of how I saw it going. But the fact that he was yeah. able to, to stop him with one punch was quite emphatic. And, you know, it just... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it put a, a statement out there really about terence crawford I exclamation think. mark yeah exclamation mark exactly really? that's exactly what it did and i think who's really gonna shy away from that fight more than any of them is it going to be crawford is it going to be spence well obviously like you said well, you know spence spence is now <laughs> he's now become the uh, the Colin McRae of boxing, and you know yeah. he's he's he's, he's <laughs> always he's always getting involved in all these uh, issues outside of the ring. And I'd look at that well, if I was he, him. Go on. Didn't he? Didn't he die in a helicopter crash though? I'll try and make a different analogy there. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. A bit worrying. Now. Maybe maybe Nigel Mansell or someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think yeah. what, what what I'm trying to say is like with with Crawford now he's at a point where I feel people will say I'm wrong when I say this but I think I think Crawford's the A side now yeah I've always thought that anyway I've always I, thought that anyway just because well I, I thought I know what you I know what you're going to get into but what what I'm trying to get at with Crawford I think is like he's the A side now because he's the one that I feel is more active and he's he's racking up the, the, the victories and he's continuing to do it in an emphatic fashion and whereas yeah, Spence is, is. the dominance for me. Spence is fighting few and far between though, isn't he? That, that's the other problem. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, whether it's his fault or not with the, the car crashes and his personal issues, you know, the fact is it sounds as though the fight is on the table 
And I know we, we get into like the political wranglings and everything like that. And But it looked like sort of Terence Crawford was up for the fight. He he left uh, top rank because he said, like, you can't get the fight made for me. Obviously, there was a bit of bitterness between him and Bob and some things that shouldn't have been said. But he came away to sort of prove, listen, I'm not the one stopping this fight with Errol Spence. And then, you know, well, maybe you can blame Terence Crawford. He was saying the fight wasn't getting made because they weren't being, um, what did they say? They weren't being transparent with the money and stuff like that. But let's face it, I, I've always said this, and I've said this on main event. I'll say this independently if I'm just sitting with you in a bar talking boxing. At the end of the day, if you really believe in yourself, he got $10 million for that fight on uh, over the weekend against David Avanesian. Right, so he's not he's not poor. He's not going to be poor if he fights Errol Spence either. He can demand more money. So it might not be 30, 40 million. But you go and beat Spence, you can write your own checks. Just get on with it. Fight him. Dominate him, as I think Spence can do. Uh, uh, not Spence. As I think Crawford can do. I really do. He's, he's got that gear. He's got the devil inside him, whereby he just says, like, right, I need to go for a knockout. Let's switch it on. And with all these car crashes, all joking aside, would that cause some sort of physical fragility in uh, Errol Spence? You don't know, do you? It's a good point. It's a good point to raise. He could go what... in and just sweep him aside. So get the fight signed. Don't worry too much about the money. Just become a proper, become the undisputed A-side. You know, so it's not argued with anybody else. Go out there and write your own checks. You can move up to light middleweight. You can challenge Charlo. You can do whatever you want to do. But just get in the ring and give us what we want to see. This is one of the reasons why, you know, you get ranty, Jamie, that was on um, shooting the breeze with you, and I'm just going on and, and saying how bad boxing is. Well, that's what it is. It's all the political bullshit. And this is the reason why I think we need to eliminate a lot of um, promoters and stuff and just bring everything in-house, a la PBC, but, you know, a bit more, um, yeah, maybe a bit more transparent. And just have everyone on board because then if you don't want to fight disappear it's maybe. ruining the sport isn't it Sean it is, but maybe we'll get to see something. Who knows? It's, it's it's a hard one. I mean, we've been asking for this fight for a good number of years. We'll just get to see Crawford keep beating whoever they're putting in front of him. And I think it's frustrating as fans because we just want to see him fight Errol Spence. And uh, just like you said, I think earlier you mentioned the fact that it looks further away than ever now. And I think, I think you might be right. So I think it remains to be seen as to how that fight, if it happens, when it happens, if it doesn't happen, I think it could run the risk of being the the USA's version of, of Khan and Brook, which will potentially yeah. happen, but just happen a little too late for, for our liking. And, and then there's always going to be that, there's always going to be this issue of, oh, well, they weren't in the primes when they fought each other. And there'll always be excuses, won't they? Excuses for why somebody lost yep. and somebody won. And I think that's that's what will tar the fight if it doesn't happen, you know, in the next 12 to 18 months. Because arguably, you know, they're both at this point where another year or two down the line, things could start to change physically, mentally within them as, as fighters. Is the hunger still going to be there within both of them in the next couple of years? Well, I mean, they're not young. You've got to remember, they're both not young it's anymore. Changed. It's already changed, Sean. I mean, you know, Terence Crawford isn't as fleet-footed as he once was. He's had to adapt his style to be more of... like I use Tyson Fury as an example, to be honest. Um, I mean, you know, Terence Fury... Uh, Terence Fury... Terence Crawford wasn't twinkle toes, but he was a lot more light on his feet. But 
as they get older, they adapt. And like he started planting his feet more. So maybe that's a sign that like he's on the decline and he needs to just get fighters out of there. So we're already seeing fighters go past their prime years. And I'm one of them. Um, I'm the sort of boxing fan. I was I was bored of the whole Amir Khan, uh, Kell Brook thing quite quickly because I thought, well, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to, I'm not asked about it anymore. You know, and that's how I feel. So, I think the longer they keep it going, the less money it's going to generate. Just get it done now while the iron's hot. So, do you want to move on then? Talk about Tiafimo Lopez, Sandor Martins' performances on the night on Saturday. Uh, some interesting talking points again from that particular fight. Uh, people thought Sandor Martin actually took the victory, but it was given to Tiafimo Lopez. And then the microphone catches Lopez actually talking about him and, and whether he looked good or not and sort of questioning mm. his own performance and, and ability. And, you know, the first thing I, I thought about with this fight, looking back on it now, is that Tiafimo Lopez, ha, is, is is there some barriers now in place mentally with him? Is there a lot of issues internally? And when I say internally, I mean within his camp. I mean relationships within his camp. I feel there are a lot of issues going on outside of the ring that are going to prevent him from being the superstar that we thought he was at one point. Once he dethroned Lomachenko, I thought, he's a superstar, boxing superstar right here, ready-made. But look at where things are now. Look how quickly things have shifted. And okay, yes, he's got a victory. Some people thought it might have gone the other way on another night. I'd I'd agree with that. I'm not saying it's a robbery because I don't think it was a robbery. I think it was a performance where on another night it could have been scored another way. But the fact that he starts questioning himself afterwards was the concerning thing for me. I was like, well... You know, you've not chose the right time or place to be talking about something like this. It's the sort of thing you you no. go in the you go in the gym and talk to your coach about, and you know, in his case, his father. You talk to them about it. You know, he's done it in the ring. The cameras have caught him, and now people are in awe of the fact that hang on a minute. You know, where is he at mentally? Is 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 he breaking down? Is he never going to be that performer? So it's just actually created a huge debate now about Tiafimo. So coming to you yeah. then, what did you think about his performance? What are your thoughts now on, on some of them comments and, and where he goes next? Um, he looks a bit flat, Tiafimo uh, Lopez. Um, he's a couple of times, but he has moved, you know, he's moving up to a, a bigger weight. So, you know, he still might be trying to get used to that. And Sandor Martin is, he's one of them, he can make anyone look because he's quite an awkward fighter. So I don't want to give, I actually don't want to give Tiafimo Lopez too much stick. Because there are certain fighters that can make anyone look awkward. You know what I mean? Um, you had people like, you know, back in the day, Emmanuel Burton um, with his drunken, drunken master style of boxing. You know, he could make the most seasoned pro look uh, a bit ordinary, you know, and he wasn't a world beast. So there's just some people there that, that can just make you look strange and, and not not comfortable in the ring. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want to, I don't want to belittle Tiafimo Lopez too much. Uh, I did feel like he won the fight, even though it was quite thin and maybe around, um, you know, you can argue around either way. Uh, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have even argued with a draw, to be honest. Um, but the big, the big thing um, and that you've mentioned before, a fighter should not be um, a world level fighter anyway. Someone who has still got it, as he, as he said, would never be questioning themselves. 
You know, look at um, Josh Taylor, for example, a man in the same division. 98.5% of the population believe that Josh Taylor got beat uh, against Jack Catterall. And he's still brazen enough on camera to say, oh, yeah, I definitely believe I got the win. Definitely believe I got the win. So even, you know what I mean, a fighter should be able to convince themselves I've still got it. The fact that he's turning around to his dad and saying, have I I still got it? That self-doubt, I think is dangerous for a fighter to have self-doubt because you're questioning yourself all the time. I don't think your mind's going to be on the job. You're always going to be worrying, you know, yeah, have I got it? And um, your mind needs to be switched on. You need to believe that you're a dominant beast, that nobody can take you, that that you're the man. And as soon as you start losing that self-belief, I think we're on a downward spiral. Um, the, I mean, the, the the point I'll make as well about Tiafimo Lopez, he's got a big weight. It's his dad. Um, you know, we, we all appreciate nepotism. We understand the importance of maybe having your dad by his side and maintaining familial relationships. But the man just, he can't work a corner. Um, there were times in that fight where he's just saying, you know, go out there, get it done. And he's been accused of this before, you know, just making up, not making up, but not offering any solid advice, just cheerleading, cheerleading rather than giving boxing technical advice. And, you know, I've not boxed, but neither did Enzo Calzaghe, did he? You know, and I feel more confident uh, that I could give better advice in the corner that, than he was delivering on Saturday night. So, I really think, you know, if he is sitting there worrying and he's sat there with his thoughts at night and thinking, have I still got it? I think he needs to test the waters with a new trainer a little bit. There's enough of them out there, especially with somebody as talented as Teofimo Lopez. He's got it in his locker. Um, maybe maybe look at someone like Bomac, for example, Terence Crawford there, you know, come forward fighter. And Teofimo Lopez might fit the mould with him. There's a lot to mull over, isn't there, with Tiafimo? Again, I think there's a lot that we're going to have to kind of watch this space. I think that's the sort of phrase I'm looking for, is watch this space. He looks like a fighter, again, ready to implode, and I don't want to see it. I want to see him do well. I want to see him go back to that level of fighting the best fighters, but I suspect that you know you could end up seeing one of the biggest fall from graces in the sport if, if we're not careful of, well, not all in particular, but, you know, the people around him are not careful. I think he could end up being one of them stories of, like, the big fall from grace story. You know, he beat yeah. the guy in Lomachenko and then he goes on, loses to Cambosis and then just doesn't look the same as he once did. So it'll be really interesting to see how things pan out with him. I think it's going to be, uh, you, you're going to watch his fights now, not to see him the superstar anymore. You're going to watch it to see has he still got it? Mm. I think it's sort of, you know, making that sort of statement sort of smacks of control by his dad as well. You know, he's looking up to his dad for answers. Whereas, like I said before, world-class fighters generally, they've got that arrogance, they've got that confidence. Nobody needs to tell me how good I am. Josh Taylor, for example, you know, as I, as I said before, gets beat, very, very clear-cut, and he still thinks he's won the fight. You can't tell him. Um he needs to get out from under his dad's spell. I know he's had a lot of, uh, well, we're reading the press and the media that he had a lot of trouble at home uh, with his marriage and, and stuff like that. So maybe 
keeping that relationship going with his dad is obviously might might be helping him on a personal level. On a professional level, he definitely needs to try something else. And then and then we can judge whether he's still got it. He's I think he's got unreserved um you know, he, he, they've got to tap him for more of his resources, basically, and bring it out of him. So let's focus now on the part of the show, which I know you've been looking very much forward to discussing. Josh Warrington. I think you Louis, have as well, mate. Yeah, yeah, Josh Warrington, Luis Alberto Lopez. This, I've left this one till last because, you know, it's, it's brought a lot of talking points out of this fight as well, I think, hasn't it, with, with the performance of, of Josh Warrington or the lacklustre performance of Josh Warrington going into this fight and and the unorthodox style of Luis Alberto Lopez as well was something to behold going into that. As I come out of that, back of that fight, looking at it thinking, Josh Warrington has been found out as a fighter. Uh, people know his style. People know how to counteract that style now. And I'm wondering whether he will ever get to the echelons of, of where he wants to be in his career now. The other thing that I come out of that fight was that the suspicions of him being a dirty fighter were even more aroused by the fact that he was using his head quite a lot in this fight and using rabbit punches in this fight. And I've never really considered him a dirty fighter per se. However, I know a lot of other people have suspected him and accused him point blank of it and even put the video evidence out there of it. But there was a lot of it going on in this fight. Admittedly, watching it, I'm thinking, he seems like a very frustrated fighter who can't figure out his opponent and maybe has even overlooked his opponent going into it because... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lopez's style, man. That was something completely different. I mean, thousands of fights I've watched over the years. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that style. Like, at times, he looked like a deer in the headlights. But it was just his style. It was just... It was the way he moved, the way he turned away from punches, the way his hands would move. It was just so, so unorthodox. I'd never seen anything like it. And I'm thinking to myself, Josh, just throw a straight one-two down the middle. He's, he's open to it, and he just wouldn't, Josh. He just wouldn't do it, and he's he just looked completely flat throughout the course of this fight. And to be honest with you, as I'm handing this over to you now to give your thoughts and feelings on this, I'm thinking back to it now, and I'm thinking, Josh Warrington, I think now, has, has got to that point where I think many fighters have worked out potentially how to beat him. And honestly, now, before this fight happened, I was questioning whether he'd be able to be a top, top guy in the division. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm thinking, yeah, he's definitely not going to do it. Not unless some dramatic changes for him. But can he do that after all these fights and all these years? And I'm just not too sure. I'm not too sure he can. Well, you're, you've handed it over to me and I will use three words. Um you know, I've, I've stifled myself in the swearing stakes, but he's a dirty fucking bastard, right? <laughs> and it's nothing to do with leads. It's nothing to do with dirty leads, as everyone likes to, you know, likes to chant dirty leads and all that. 
He's become a dirty bastard. He wasn't, um, and I would agree with you, Sean. Um, I never had him down as a dirty fighter. I'll tell you when things have changed with Josh Warren and just on the eye test, when he didn't actually believe uh, that he could beat... Um, my brain has just froze. Who was the lad that coming? Oh, Mauricio Lara, right? I genuinely don't think he, he believed he could beat Mauricio Lara. So he was like, right, let's go in the <laughs> go in with the head. Let's make it a dirty fight. Let's make him as uncomfortable as he's making me. The problem is with Mauricio Lara, Mauricio Lara was using his fists and Josh Warrington was using his head. All the evidence you need is the fact that um, Kerry Kays, um, it was Kerry Kays in the corner doing the cuts, wasn't it? If, if not, it would have been Frank Hopkins. But someone was lubing, lubing his head up with Vaseline. You don't fucking do that. You do that with the eyes, you know. You don't provide like a frictionless... A frictionless environment for the head bar going in. It, it's a fucking dirty and rock, you know, and you know, trying to trying to sort, you know, stifle the equilibrium of Mauricio Lara. And he was trying to do it. He was trying to do it as well, you know. Um, you said, Sean, oh, you, you're screaming at uh, Josh Warrington to throw a straight punch. I was screaming at Josh Warrington to just throw a punch to the body rather than just to the back of the head. What's all this rabbit punch bullshit as well? There's people like Pritchard Colon um, who have suffered. You know, he's now in a wheelchair and he's he's blind and he, he suffered because of rabbit punches. We know the dangers, right? Josh Warrington isn't a nasty guy. He's a lovely bloke. I've met him a few times, right? He's a very, you know, he's a sort of lad that you'd want to go for a beer with. He's... Just seems very honest. He's not He's not stupid either. You know, he's been to university. He's done uh, the dentistry side of things and that. So he's not an idiot. But I can't abide by the fact that it reminds me of, and I'm not going to be as critical about Hatton because, yeah, I love Hatton. You know what I mean? I'll kiss his ass. But I believe, he's, uh, I believe Hatton changed his style similarly, not as dirty. <coughs> but after the Costa Zoo fight, when he knew he was going up in class, he was maybe giving away a lot of speed, maybe a lot of technical expertise to a lot of fighters. So he'd do a lot of this holding and he'd do a lot of wrestling and mauling. And he took away from his attractive boxing style that he was using on the way up. I think that is sort of what Josh Warrington's doing now. I can't match him for attributes. I can't match him for style. So I'm just going to use my head. Ricky Atten was doing it a bit more honestly. A bit more honestly. He still, still became a dirty fighter. But yeah, Josh Warren and it just fucking I can't abide by the rabbit punches, you know. And uh, Johnston used the c word in terms of him being a miserable cunt <laughs> in that last podcast that I listened to with him. Well, it makes me a miserable cunt because it's like this isn't boxing. It's not boxing. This yeah. is like this is the unlicensed stuff. If I want to watch unlicensed, I'll tune into Lenny McLean stamping all over Mad Gypsy Bradshaw's head. In the in the eighties, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch Queensby rules. I want to watch a good clean fight. And the cleanest thing about uh, Saturday night, ironically, and I fucking moaned about this before. Cleanest thing was the judging. The right man got the decision, and I applaud the judging, uh, which I don't think I've said for for weeks, for months, whether it be on on here with you, Sean, or on the main event boxing show. I'm always slagging off the officials. That was the one area in the arena that they got it right. And, yeah, Josh needs to retire now because if you can't win a fight honestly, then he needs to pull it quits. He's made money. He's um, he's exceeded expectations. 
you know, he, he couldn't, he had feather dust of fists on the way up, didn't he? Uh, he's beaten Carl Frampton. He beat Lee Selby in a fight that some people had Lee Selby favourite in. He's got his stadium fight at Headingley. You know, he, he's done far more than anticipated when he first turned pro. So now, just repeating what I said, if you can't win a fight honestly, you want to be a dirty bastard, you want to turn people like me away from this sport because you can't do it honestly, then retire because I don't need to see it. It's, it's time gonna... for Nick Ball in the first division now. Yeah, I agree with that, but it's not going to happen in terms of him retiring because there'll always be a value to him because of what he brings to the sport and I mean the fans that are paying to come and see him Leeds Leeds are going to come out in the droves respect to them they support their fighters they support their football teams with a passion and I I get it Mm -hmm. and we can relate to that we can relate to that but how can you sort of support somebody that is not able to perform the way that they want to perform you can genuinely see the the sort of the change in a fighter's style that you know arguably decline in the way they've they've been he's not been the same since he lost to lara let's have it right he's not been the same since he lost to him at all and as a result of that for me i think that's really derailed his career and i don't think we'll see him the same again and you're making a lot of parallels and comparisons to ricky hatton i've always seen the same comparison and parallel for years years i've seen it is that the fighting style though sean or is that the the, the following a bit of both a bit of both i think the fighting style the the pressure the educated pressure he was using earlier on for the wins of the likes of selby and frampton them fights in particular were very ricky hatton-esque in the sense that he was using all Mm. that educated pressure to smother the work of the other fighter who was essentially the better boxer and he was using a mixture of his, his boxing ability as well. Then he started yeah. using this style, as you said, what Ricky did. And since he started using that, he's just not looked as good for me personally. He's not looked as good. But he's, he, he's, made the, he's made the fights more difficult for himself and he's come up short again now as a result of it. He's come up short again against Lopez because of the fact that he's adopted this style which he and his team thought was going to be successful against this fighter, but this fighter was completely unorthodox. How do you prepare for a fighter like that? Was he overlooking him? There's a few things there for me that scream out that, you know, I'm not too sure that they were taking this as serious. I mean, every fighter goes into a fight serious. I'm not going to say they don't because they do, Mm -hmm. but some fighters do have their eye on what's coming next and think, well, you know, I I can get through this fight. But going into this fight, this guy had knockout after knockout after knockout in about seven or eight fights consecutively. So Same knew, with Mauricio Lara. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we knew he could bang. We knew he, we knew he could bring something. And most of us thought, well, maybe Warrington may stop him late or put him through on points. But he, he was outworked for a lot of the fight. He was outdone for a lot of the fight. And I think... You know, the dirty tactics come in, the frustration, the fatigue, the fact that he couldn't have a, a second game plan came into the came into the factor as well. And I think that's what lost him this particular fight. Going back to what you said, Jamie, about retirement, isn't going to happen. Mm. He's ma- he makes too much money no. for Leeds. He make, the promoters can see him and go, oh, actually, we can make a few more meal tickets out of this fella yet before he's uh, all said and done. And unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen with him. And I think it's going to be a... A, a, a slow decline into a shell of his former self. The days of Frampton and Selby victories, you know, are going to be sort of long forgotten when he's not able to beat the guys that he probably would have beaten during that period of time at his most successful. 
Yeah, and um, it's a good thing that he knows. Um, he's a good dental technician. You know what I mean? Because he's going to lose a few more teeth, isn't he? Especially, I, I just don't. I mean, you you make the comparisons to Ricky and Sean. I am going to disagree slightly, just because yeah, Ricky could be a dirty fighter, but I don't ever recall him going with his head repeatedly. Um, <clears throat> I just found with Warrington there was there was nothing there. You know, when when he couldn't go in with his head, when he couldn't impose himself properly using his fists he'd go in with a shoulder and he'd try and he'd try and almost barge him try and barge Lopez and and like you're saying I, I don't want to be sort of a negative Neddy shall we say <laughs> is that even a term <laughs> but um yeah I just I just feel like if you've not even got it to throw a jab throw a straight punch that's what you said before and he's not got that so um and I'd also agree as well with you saying about looking past, looking past things. Because all we've heard about last couple of fights is, oh, we're going to go to Vegas. We're going to take Leeds to Vegas. Well, it becomes less and less likely, mate, if you ain't got a title. Do you know what I mean? So he's, um, so yeah, I, I don't see it carrying on for too much longer because without that bargaining power of a title, people aren't going to, especially with his new style, fighters ain't going to want to get involved with that. I'm not going to want to, get in the ring and risk getting cut and being on the sidelines because I'm twats using his head all the time. So, before we finish this show today... Sorry, Sean. Hey, don't apologise. Before we finish it, I'm just quickly going to round up results for the people that are listening. For you guys that are listening, obviously, we've got a lot of chat about some of the big fights this week, so we've neglected to sort of talk about some of the other victories that people have had. So I'm just quickly going to run through it before we come to this last segment of the show, which is going to be talking about... Conor Ben. So before I talk about Conor Ben and we go off on one about what he's just recently released in terms of a a very wafty statement, Ebony Bridges got the victory over Shannon O'Connell. People thought it was a really good improved performance from her. James Metcalf Mm -hmm. got a victory on that same card. Rhiannon Dixon, Felix Cash, Shannon Courtney, Hopi Price, Janaid Boston, a few names on there that people have been watching out for. Michael Conlon also came back with a first round KO against Karim Gweffey. Sean McComb got a good victory and t- 10 rounds unanimous decision Graham McCormack lost in a really good fight against Fergus Quinn and Patrick McCrory was back out even after his big victory in Germany not so long ago he got an 8 round points decision Kurt Walker also got a 6 round points decision on that particular card as well and it's time now to move on to what we want to talk about the big talking point for the show Connor Ben where do we start with this wafty ass statement that he's brought out like Innocent, How? innocent. Is he innocent? He's saying he's innocent. He's he's talking about Jim and all the rest of it, Jamie. And what he's really just saying is that I know something you don't know, but I'm not going to tell you it yet. Yeah, I, well, me, um, I tried to sort of cut across you there because I'm that eager to talk about this shit. Um, how can you say so much uh, without saying very much? He should be a poet, that lad. Um, he was just saying, oh, Tony Sims' gym's been cleaned for 26, 26 years. Okay, Tony Sims' gym's been cleaned, but you've not actually said whether you're clean, have you? You know what I mean? Where's all this, um, where's all the brashness now? It, it reeked to me of a big PR statement. It was Eddie Hearn spinning again, doing his Alistair Campbell impression and just being his director of communications and just saying, right, well, we've got to put something out there. You've been quiet for too long. We'll get it out there. Um, I think the hearing's going on at the moment. So he's sort of readying us for the explosion because 
I, I'm going to say it now. If he comes back as innocent, I'm shouting um, corruption because, yeah, well, we need to see the findings. This could have been cleared up with the use of that B sample. But again, like Dillian White's B sample against uh, Rivas, it seems to have disappeared, doesn't it? What do it they do? Just does. pour the piss down the toilet? Well, it's the same piss, though. That's what I don't understand. An A and a B sample is the I mean. same. The pissing, the pissing from the same fucking, you know, bladder. So I don't understand, like, like what the differences are there. You you either test positive for it or you don't test positive for a performance-enhancing drug. And and I don't, you know, yep. we're not we're not scientists, and, and I don't, you know, say I'm a scientist. I just go off the basic facts and basic information that's out there. Like, the information that we've been led to believe is that he's tested positive, not just once, but he's tested positive even earlier than when it was advertised out there on social media and was leaked on social media so now now he's putting a statement out there essentially talking about clean gyms he said in that statement that his team have proved his innocence they said they've proved his innocence but he's not specified specified anything he said he can't say nothing else because of confidentiality but what he said in there is, is a line which states the fact that my team has proven my innocence but how have they proven no, that not. innocence? Like, what, what's going? This is this is the frustrating part about it all. Like, right, you can put a statement out there, you can dangle that carrot in front of us, but then you can take it away again and just leave us all guessing. Which is why it creates these talking points on our shows because, like, it's frustrating. We just want to know the truth. Like, and, it was he pissing hot? Thing is as well, was it was he pissing hot yeah, or not? Exactly. Well, the thing is as well, the the way that the 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 way that it's sort of structured this statement. Um, again, I keep I keep using that term. It smacks off, but it does. It's like a worries me sort of thing. Oh, Tony Sims Jim has been clean. You know, I'm I'm innocent. I'm I'm this. I'm that. Well, don't get us to feel sorry for you, mate. But the tide is already turning. Um, because I do know a lot of sort of YouTube YouTube videos where you get people like you know they people commenting, people that watch this show, for example, people that listen to podcasts. And, you know, people are sort of... Some people are, are took in by this shit. You know what I mean? People are taken in by it. And, again, it just... It reeks of a of an exercise, PR exercise. It's like... And I'm, I'm going to go there. I am going to go there. It's the Tyson Fury situation a little bit, right? Because Tyson Fury tested positive for an Androlone. And it, it disappeared. Um the whole the whole Nandrolone situation seems to have disappeared from everyone's um everyone's sort of collective consciousness, shall we say, because Tyson Fury has then gone on to speak about his mental health and that situation has trumped anything that happened before it. So what I will say about this statement is what we want to ready ourselves for, Sean, in my opinion, is a, a sub story. We're gonna have a sub story or we're gonna have something sensational. Me and my wife were trying for kids, and that's why I've got this in my system. I was doing this, I was doing that. Get ready for a, a swathe of... I'm not saying the Tyson Fury situation was bullshit, but get ready for a swathe of bullshit, swathe of storytelling, a la Tyson Fury, uh, whereby they're going to try and distract from the original situation by making him feel sorry for us. It's like politicians, isn't it, when they use by the making, pivot? I they use the pivot. For him, shall I say. They use the pivot on us, though, don't they? Politicians, they pivot when someone asks them a question. I mean, look at COVID. Someone had asked Boris Johnson a question, and he'd just completely answer a question, but not the question that was being asked originally. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what's going to happen here. And, and I kind of, 
agree with you. I kind of get the same feeling that we are going to get like a, a reality TV sob story come out of all this, and and you know, summit was going on. This has happened. Contamination, pregnancy, tribe. I, I, I can see it. I can genuinely agree with you and say. It would. I wouldn't put anything past what's going to come next with this, but I think it's. Just and he a... won't be challenged. He won't no. be challenged because he's, he's part of the. He's part of the clique, isn't he? And I would include IFL in that clique. Um, they've not. You know, they treated Eddie Hearn so softly. In Coogan over the whole our whole affair, and um, so he's not. He's not going to get. He's going to get shielded from all the proper journalists, the people like Simon Jordan that aren't afraid to ask questions, people like me and you who run fan channels who want proper answers he's going to get shielded from all that and then in six seven months time with his australian license he's going to go over there match from australia he's going to knock out a couple of bums and it'll all be forgotten <laughs> it's fucking bollocks mate absolute bollocks <laughs> i'm looking well i'm looking forward to seeing if uh We'll start calling you Mystic Jamie soon because these predictions might actually start to uh, come to the forefront. Um, but no, seriously, though, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, you know, you can you can see it, can't you? You literally can see yeah. it. You can foresee it happening, and that's the frustrating part. And that's why it reeks of corruption. That's why it reeks of wrongdoing because you know there's no transparency about anything and if there was transparency about it i think you know even if it was positive and negative outcomes you'd you'd at least can sit back and go do you know what at least there's been transparency during the whole thing and i think that's the problem that's the problem for for us they were trying to let it carry on they were trying to let it carry on it was only because it got found out leaked to the press and the board uh, and again the board i've mentioned the board loads of times not fit for purpose. They're fucking useless. Uh, the board turn around and go, oh, we've got to do something. We've got to do something about this. And they'll turn, like, the world and his mate involved with the promotion will turn around to you and say, oh, no, the board were going to do something about it. Were they bollocks? There was a lot of money to be made. Can't step in the way of finance, can you? You just can't do it. Certainly can. Uh, with that in mind, then Jamie, I think that calls an end to this reaction show. It's been a pleasure having you on, as Thank always. You. Thank you for coming on yeah. and uh, shooting a little bit of breeze for this episode and, and talking about some of these fights. And you know, we've not covered all the other fights that have gone on, but you know, if you want to listen to ITR Boxing's YouTube channel, our friend Lukey over there does a lot of really good stuff on the American cards and the undercards and the fighters. So, you know, if you want to tune in, listen to some of the stuff he's putting out there, I'd advise you to because you'll get a bit of a fill of what's going on on some of the undercards over there. But today, we've covered all the big fights from over the weekend, all the big talking points, the Conor Ben statement. I'm sure there'll be more to come next week, but as we're approaching Christmas and the end of the year, there's only one major fight card left which we will look to cover for next weekend but for now that is everything so a big thank you to everybody listening a big thank you to jamie for coming on from the main event boxing show and if you've not subscribed to us already you can do so by finding us on social media at btr boxing pod on twitter facebook instagram youtube tiktok find us subscribe to us listen to us download let us know your thoughts feelings and opinions whether you agree whether you disagree just put it out there let's have a conversation about it and again a final thank you to our patrons for supporting us as well big shout out to you guys for supporting us throughout the course of the last 12 months it's coming towards the end of a year Uh, another successful year for us we've put some stats out there in terms of Spotify and YouTube so I've got to say a big thank you to everybody that has been tuning in because we really appreciate that support that you've been giving us with that in mind then guys thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode
Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.